0: So 42 points on offense sounds pretty good, but it was just an average outing. And on defense, it went from 30 minutes of atrocious to 30 minutes of that's the type of USC defense everyone anticipated from the start of the game. I've got grades to give out. That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day, whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. And I really want to say thank you for enjoying the show, I hope, and thanks for coming on for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. Hit the like button. It means a lot. Thank you very much. And you can always follow me at Twitter, at Mark Culkin. So, USC's offense, uh, I guess the best way to describe them, they were efficient. Um, they started the game three drives, three touchdowns. I think they were lucky in certain situations, unfortunate in others. Uh, Caleb Williams is a master of prestidigitation. He can—he's uh, an escape artist. He—he he is magical. Um, Travis Dye said he's playing with black magic. He doesn't know how he escapes, but without Caleb Williams, that offense probably isn't as efficient and even an average of scoring 42 points. He is the catalyst. That's how important he is. And that's how, I don't wanna say the offense played poorly, but he was he needed his Superman cape because the run game wasn't as effective as it's been in the past. And the o- offensive line itself, um, kind of a little helter-skelter. Uh, didn't play incredibly bad, didn't play great. Again, inconsistent, I guess, is the best way to describe them. They were missing one of their starters for the entire game. I will allow a little latitude here as I start going over the position group grades. And here we go. Um, Again, I mentioned no 100-yard rusher. First time in four games. They had one for the previous three games. And, you know, all that, Where you have a touchdown taken off the board due to a holding call, as well as, um, oh, what else? Oh, the interception in the end zone when you're in the red zone. You know, that's a potential 14 points and minimum 10 points taken off the board. So 42, could have been 52, could have been 56. Um, That's when I say average. USC scores 42 points a game. Against Arizona State, they should have scored more. Quarterback grade without a doubt, Caleb Williams gets an A. Uh, probably gets a higher grade, an A plus, if he doesn't throw that interception from the red zone in the inter- in, into the end zone. Um, he he was focused on Jordan Addison the whole time. Uh, he went to the well one too many times, and Arizona State knew as well. And the throw wasn't great. He he, he threw it a little bit, um, so. There's nothing wrong with an A, right? <laughs> um, so interception notwithstanding, you know, he, he took a Sun Devil's, uh sure safety. It was two points. And however he escaped it, he did. And he then did some weird combination. Patrick Mahomes, Tim Tebow jump pass uh, towards the uh, Arizona State sideline. Completed it to Jordan Addison. I thought he was throwing it out of bounds and all, all of a sudden there's Jordan popping out of nowhere, making the catch. So uh, overall, Caleb was uh, 27 for 37, 348 yards and three touchdown passes. The 348 yards passing and 27 completions are a single, get, single game best so far. So uh, again, uh, Caleb was the catalyst. He is and was the offense for the most part. Solid A, um, and again without the INT, A plus. Something to work for, right? Running backs B minus. Um, Travis Die, look, he was the running game. Rayleigh Brown, he showed flashes. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him. I get it, he's a freshman. He's still trying to hit the home run every time he touches the ball. Nevertheless, uh, you need to get him some more touches. Uh, maybe not running the ball, maybe on some swing passes, wheel routes, whatever. Uh, get him out in open space because uh, he's a touchdown waiting to happen. It's a, you can see it. Um, again, Travis Dye lifts this group up. Uh, pass protection amongst the group wasn't very good. Uh, Austin Jones, man, he had a rough day of it. He had a nice pass reception, but other than that, not a whole lot. The group itself, you know, even though uh, they didn't have a hundred-yard rusher as a group, they they were averaging just under uh, five yards a carry. So uh, maybe they could have gone to the running game a little bit more, a little bit more consistently. Uh, again, things got a little weird with the uh, the, the way the offense was playing, especially towards the end of the first half. And I, I think that kind of uh, I don't want to say Lincoln got off off the playbook, but things just got a little wonky. Whatever happened, the offense they just looked average, and the running backs looked meh, B minus. Wide receivers, tight ends, uh, I gave them a B. They look they were wide open all game. Uh, everybody was getting involved in the action. It was great uh, to see Kyron Hudson get his first touchdown of his career, hopefully the first of many. Uh, he had a couple catches throughout the game. Kyle Ford had another strong performance on his one reception. Uh, he's always, you know, he's going to be tough to take down. He, he was fighting for every yard, trying to get in the end zone on that on that one catch down the sideline. Mario Williams, Brendan Rice, Jordan Addison, um, solid games all the way around. Uh, Brendan was averaging, I don't know how many yards per catch, but <laughs> he was he was getting some yak after his call after his. uh after his catches. Really good to see. His dad was there watching from the sideline as well, so signing autographs. The life of uh, being a rice, right? Uh, tight end. Malcolm Epps had another touchdown reception. Uh, they were utilized a lot in the in the uh, blocking scheme. They were needed uh, in pass protection. So overall, again, the, uh, they did what they were asking. Well, could they have played better? I suppose. Um, they didn't hurt the team again. Three, three. There was a what? three touchdown receptions between uh, the wide receivers and tight ends. Not bad. Offensive line. Um, I'm going to go B minus again. I mentioned Justin Dede. She was out for the game. Uh, Gino Quinones got the start, and I thought he played pretty darn well. Uh, he had the early uh, false start penalty beginning of the game, second play of the game. But, hey, you know what? He got his first start, and he did incredibly well. Um, Cortland Ford, you know, he had that bad holding call that was called against him. It was kind of an unfortunate call. I went over that yesterday. Uh, Nevertheless, um, it took an 82-yard touchdown reception off the board. That's seven points, and uh, Lincoln... He wasn't having any of that. So um, between Bobby Haskins and Jonah Monheim, I don't know if they weren't handling the speed rush as well as they could have, but again, uh, Caleb was under pressure. The interior, uh, Lincoln Riley said it. they were facing two of the bigger guys in the middle that they've seen to date. So uh, whether that was causing some of the issue, okay, whatever. Um, I still anticipate. I expect, I don't, I don't want to use the word. I anticipated USC's offensive line and the offense in general uh, to be much better um, going up against Arizona State, which is really reeling. Really, and if you talk, I, I think going into the game, everyone thought USC was going to be able to run the ball on Arizona State. And the fact that they weren't able to consistently with any success, um, maybe that's what uh, brings the offensive line down a little bit. And overall um, for the offense, I gave him a, I'm going to give him a B minus C plus maybe. I'm even leaning towards C plus. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, like I said, 42 points. They should have had a, a, at a minimum seven to ten points more. So, if they're averaging 42 points a game, they hit their average. And um, just to be simple, to say it simply, they should have done better against Arizona State on offense. And Simply Safe is a new advertiser here with Locked On USC. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know. Uh, because I know people who use Simply Safe uh, to protect their own home. Uh, they protect you with a cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why the people who I know use it love it. They, uh, they described uh, some of the, the some of the things that they really enjoyed are with their 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected. And they dispatch police or a first responder in an emergency, even if you're not home or you can't be reached. Simply safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window and door. You have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. That's kind of cool. Our, uh, their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch go ahead and customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college and you can save 20% on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an inact- <laughs> with an interactive monitoring plan and you get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash lockedoncollege to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Defense, it's your turn. Come on in. Sit down. Grab a seat. We got to talk. You had a terrible first half no other way of putting it. Um, It was so terrible. I'm going to say you had a terrific second half because that's the contrast. You looked that much better after 30 minutes of getting warmed up. I don't know what you were doing in the first half, but you weren't playing USC defense. And uh, if Travis Dye and Eric Gentry are reading the room correctly, um, they basically said that the team didn't have the right energy um, to start the game. You USC 2022, you have not earned the right to think you can flip the switch anytime you want just because you're 4-0, going up against an Arizona State team that is already, you know, kind of just playing out the season, and they're trying to impress their interim coach, who's, you know, trying to change the culture there, and we know how hard that can be. So for you to come out and give Arizona State any type signs of life, um, that's unacceptable. But then again, hey, maybe you are going to have to flip the switch, right? Because in the third quarter, when you came out and you guys decided you wanted to play defense, uh, Shane Lee and Eric Gentry on the first play met uh, the Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones in the backfield for a sack. That'll work, right? Uh, you gave up two. The defense as a whole gave up 218 yards in the first half of offense to Arizona State. You gave up a total of 14 in the third quarter and a negative 13 running the ball. So, look, I'll give you the overall grade here at the end. Let me start by position. So everybody, just calm down, myself included. Uh, defensive line, rush ends. We always combine those guys. B minus. Uh, and here's what I'm going to say. For as poorly as you guys played in the first thirty minutes. Here's the compliment. You guys are a quick study. Um, you learned your assignment at halftime rather quickly. You got the message, and you played fantastic. I thought in the second half, you were slanting. You were playing the right gaps. Uh, you were penetrating. You were disrupting the the running game, as I already mentioned, and you generated five sacks in thirty minutes. Imagine if you played for a full sixty minutes. I mean, you're as a team, you're. USC is already in the upper echelon with sacks. I think they're averaging just under four a game. Uh, that's pretty good. So try playing for 60 minutes. You're going to need to against Washington State as well as when you get to Utah. <clears throat> you know, don't, don't, don't say what if after the fact. That's what I do on Mondays. Head on over to wersc.com. Make sure you read my Monday's Morass. We talk about it. Um, you know, look, like I said, it looked like Arizona State was going to run for 200 yards in the first half. You, you got the job done in the second half because they, as a team, they didn't even finish with a full 100. So good job recovering. Um, Corey Foreman, he was playing significant snaps throughout the game, beginning, middle and end. So uh, he practiced last week. Uh, Nick Figueroa, look, you should have had two sacks. You ended up with one, but um, because of those little things that that went from being really good to um, you know kind of just getting the job done, I gave you guys a B minus. Um, nothing to be ashamed of. Again, I just think had you played better in the first half, you guys might have earned an A just because I thought how well you played in the second half. Linebackers, uh, B minus, maybe a B. Uh, Shane Lee covering the wheel route. It, that's not a good sight unless he's got a head start knowing that where the play is going. Uh, maybe he was anticipating a little bit of help up front. It didn't happen. So again, maybe it was a, I don't know if it was a missed assignment. Maybe he got caught looking inside a little bit too long and the running back got outside. All I know is uh, we don't like the end result of that play. But, uh, again, second half, first play, <laughs> first play on defense, him and Gentry, they're meeting the quarterback in the backfield for a sack. Uh, Eric Gentry, for 30 minutes, had to remember that he is uh, no longer playing for Arizona State. He said it was weird playing against his former friends, and I get that. But uh, second half, he uh, he showed everybody – Showed off the, the new girlfriend he was hanging out with, and Raylan go forth. So between the linebackers, they had 15 tackles, uh, 11 between Shane and Gentry. Raylan had four solo on his own. Uh, not a bad game. Uh, tackling I thought was pretty solid, but again, I would just love to see a full 60 minutes and see what these guys can do. The secondary, I gave him a B. Nothing wrong there. Um, They made some great plays in the second half. I thought the Blackman with a solid breakup on a deep throw. Uh, You know, as a group throughout the game, they gave up 243 yards. Uh, I think that's okay. Considering the fact that Arizona state was in chase mode from, from the entire game. Uh, You have to score touchdowns to, to play with USC. And, you know, some of that yardage, uh, Arizona State was a beneficiary of the Pac-12 officiating getting involved again. Uh, there was a couple of really BS pass uh, pass interference calls that went against USC late that led to a one of, to that meaningless fourth quarter touchdown. A uh, couple of interception opportunities that Damani Jackson, the freshman cornerback, is kicking himself about, but I don't think he should be too hard on himself. Look, he's. He knows his assignments, he plays physical, he's not afraid to tackle. Uh, usually when you play defense and you have that kind of speed, uh, it's because you have bad hands. So I think he can work on uh, on on his hands a little bit as he's in college. Uh, he had one interception opportunity where the ball popped up, but with the uh, Arizona State receiver was laying on his back, ball just happened to land there and it kept the drive alive. And then again, I mentioned the two pass interference penalties that kept that drive alive. Eventually, Arizona State scored their touchdown. Uh, USC did get another interception, Kalen Bullock. Remember, I called that, uh, I was hoping he would have one. He uh, looks fresh again, healthy. He actually almost had two. Damani tipped two passes uh, on one of the interceptions that Kalen did not get. It was because he wasn't able to bring the ball in before he stepped out of bounds. And he covers so much ground. Solid performance by the secondary. Um, Solid B. Uh, As far as the defense, C minus. I'm dragging it down because for 30 minutes, you guys did not come out ready to play. And you showed when you do come out ready to play what you're capable of doing. So take this regrade work better work harder you got washington state coming up you cannot uh turn it on 30 minutes into this game because washington state they're the type of team they can beat you and uh, they got a quarterback who when when he is pressured um will make mistakes he's already got seven interceptions but he's also the type of quarterback that will keep plays alive he is he's He's the type of quarterback that has hurt USC in the past. But he has shown when he's under pressure, he will make a ton of mistakes. And that's what USC's defense will need to do. Just get pressure. Make him uncomfortable. Because when he has to roll out and throw on the run, Cameron Ward, Wazoo's quarterback, is not good. All right? The defense just needs to kind of build off of uh, their last performance. And there's a lot of building they can do. And don't worry, special teams, I haven't forgotten about you. Here we go. Uh, Look, you're not getting an F, but you're getting a D. And I'm not even going to be a D minus, and I quit. I'm not going to hold you guys fully responsible because I am at the point now where I'm sure the coaching by committee is doing the best they can. I don't know how much time you guys invest in, in special teams because we don't get to watch a lot of it. But what I'm seeing on Saturdays doesn't look like um, the game plan is working. It's time to hire a full-time special teams coach. I know it's not going to happen this year, but Lincoln, just my advice. You know, look into it. Not telling you what to do. Nevertheless, uh, it's not just the regular kickoff coverage that's bad. Even the onside coverage, onside kick coverage, you got bailed out. The fact that somebody on USC sideline challenged uh, the way Arizona State attacked it, and the the replay official uh, confirmed it, USC got bailed out. You knew the onside kick was coming. Don't wait for the ball to come to you. Go get the ball. Fall on it. Not when it gets to you. Go get it. Uh, there's enough talent on this on this team that Jordan Addison shouldn't be doing punt return. And if he is, you gotta stop muffing it. You gotta stop putting the ball on the ground. At least you're recovering it. But we gotta get something out of that. We're getting absolutely nothing on our kickoff return. You've got Rayleigh Brown, you've got Damani Jackson, you've got Jordan Addison, you've got wide receivers out of the, you know, coming out of every orifice USC has, Brendan Rice, Mario Williams. There is enough talent. USC should be getting more. And if you're not going to get more, just fair catch everything. Start at the 25 because you're barely getting there, trying to run it back. And then I'm not sure what's going on with the kickoffs. I'm not sure if it's by design or not, because I've seen Alex Stathaus have enough leg to put the ball, not just in the middle of the end zone, but through the back of the end zone. So sometimes that's happening. Other times the kicks are short. Are they planned? Are they trying to work on certain coverage? I don't know. Again, we don't get to see it in practice, but I know that USC's kickoff coverage is not good. You know, one of these games, someone's going to return a kick against USC for a touchdown. You hope it's not this week, and you definitely hope it's not uh, against Utah on the road. So they got to get this thing cleaned up, and they got to get it cleaned up quickly. Otherwise, uh, It's going to come back to hurt them soon yeah you can feel it it almost felt like it was going to happen saturday all right i'm hungry are you hungry i need to get me some uh built bar puffs if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys and guess what there's a new flavor They're called the Indulgent Cookie Dough, covered in chocolate. That's right, Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Mm, so good. What's great about Built is is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat like right now, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. Hey, I don't know if you heard, USC has some recruiting information on Monday afternoon. You're watching this Locked On USC episode on Tuesday, making it your first listen every day. I'm gonna go over some recruiting info with you here, but when you're done with Locked On USC, head on over to weRSC.com because Scott Schrader's got a huge weekend recruiting a recap. Um, but if you haven't heard by now, Former Notre Dame commit is now a USC commit. Elijah Page, look, I told you this was going to happen. I hinted about it. Uh, he made his commitment public. On Monday, he was in town over the weekend. He was at the game. And everything is signed, sealed, delivered, Eyes dotted, T's crossed. When it's time to sign the, you know, send in send in his letter of intent, he will be a USC Trojan. But USC actually had a monster, monster weekend with recruits. So while the offensive line class for 2023 just got bigger, better, and deeper, the 2023 class also have some players uh, on their radar that were at the game, including Roderick Pleasant, the speedster defensive back from Sarah High School Gardena, uh, Mateo Ungalele, from St. John Bosco, defensive end, tight end. I think he's going to be a defensive end. Uh, another big-time offensive lineman that USC is after from the state of Arizona, Caleb Lemieux. uh He looked like he was having a good time. I spied him with my own two eyes after the game. I mentioned Elijah Page. Uh, Elijah Hughes was there on an official visit. David Peavy, Vaka Hansen, those guys. Big-time targets, 2023 class. Uh, let's not ignore 2024, because they had a significant presence. Uh, they Let's see who was there. Dylan Williams, linebacker from Long Beach Poly. Aaron Butler, Jason Robinson, St. John Bosco, I think, brought their whole team, including uh, Peyton Woodward. Marcellus Williams, that's Max Williams' younger brother. Uh, by the way, he also has another brother who plays for Arizona State a really talented family. Uh, Kingston, Villamu, Asa, Jordan Lockhart, Dakota Fields, Reiner Swanson, Connor Backhuber, Zabian Brown, T.A. Cunningham, and Elijah Brown. I'm going to put this out there. Let me make this very clear. I want I have not heard this from anybody. This is my own prediction. If someone was to say, who do you think will be the next guy to maybe make a commitment, I'm going to say it's going to be 2024 defensive line prospect T.A. Cunningham. Uh, He just was recently cleared to play for Los Alamitos High School, got through all that red tape, and he had a fantastic time. I mean, a really good time at the game Saturday. They showed him the red carpet treatment, and I know he loves California. Don't be surprised if he, uh, he's going to take visits, but don't be surprised if he pulls the trigger sooner rather than later. Again, you wanna get the full inside scoop on USC's recruiting weekend, and it was a big one, head on over to weorst.com. Scott Schrader's got it covered. And when you're done reading up on all the recruiting information, I've got content there, my Monday morass. Eric McKinney is throwing up two or three uh, pieces of work every day regarding the team. Chris Arledge has his musings. He tore Oklahoma and their fans a new one, as well as Greg Katz. We got our Inside the Trojan Huddle podcast that will be up this week. Greg's got his two articles, in my humble opinion, and the obvious not so obvious. Oh, and oh, by the way, this is my third podcast that I recorded today, Locked on USC, Inside the Trojan Huddle. I also was on with Spencer McLaughlin on the Locked on Pac-12 show. We were talking about uh, the coaching openings in the conference, Colorado and Arizona State, and whether or not uh, either Alex Grinch and Josh Henson, Josh Henson are uh, viable candidates for any one of those head coaching positions. We talked about that, amongst other things. I think you're going to enjoy the show. So head on over to Locked On pack 12 when you're done with Locked On USC, when you're done reading we all the stuff over there on wearefc.com. I've got you covered. Again, Locked on USC five days a week. We're free. 30 minutes or less, everything you need to know. Until our next episode, you know what to do.